The drinks are good tonight. They are good. I'm impressed. Good one. Had a good idea. It was a good idea. It's all because I was wanting peach rings as a snack. And I wasn't like, <laughs> buying anything for the night. And I was like, and Luke that works at the liquor store, he was like, what are you making tonight? And I said, probably just use something we've already got. And then I looked down at the pe peach rings and I was like, or. <laughs> or. Hmm. We'll get wild with it. <laughs> <laughs> so what if you just like dump the peach rings in it? And then, like, we're out of peach rings after this, so this is our last garnish. So, oh, because I wanted to eat the bag, <laughs> that is fair. I'm just curious what it tastes like after because I mean, obviously, you're gonna lose all the sugary stuff, the sugary stuff on it. Oh, we'll find but out. it's gonna soak in some alcohol. I wish it was hallucinogenic, like the worm at the bottom of like homemade mezcal. <laughs> <laughs> we still, we still, I still haven't bought that stuff for the uh, the mead. I'm still curious about that. Yeah, I mean, I might be willing to make some with you. We might have to make some on on air since we got a new table and we're we got a new up table. Now. Yeah, this is all you know pre introduction stuff. So um, I posted this already, but uh, we're drinking. We'll talk about it later again. But uh, the cocktail of the night is peach old fashions. And it was real easy. It was uh, old smoky peach whiskey, three ounces, an ounce of agave nectar because for some reason I feel like it's healthier than simple syrup. Um, <laughs> some orange bitters. You'll need a shaker with some ice in it, and uh, you combine it all, and uh, and you get something incredibly delicious. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, it's super good. And uh, you garnish it with a peach ring or a peach slice. We didn't want to. I didn't have access to fresh peaches, so I didn't do that. Um, but it's awesome. It fucking, is, fucking good. Killer. Drink it. You know, I, I guess we're just skipping an intro. Just fu fucking intro. And we're just here. We're, we already talked about the drinks. Oh, we can fuck an intro. Well, we, we can do an intro, and then we'll just be like, for reference on these drinks, you can listen to... The first 30 see, seconds. See, what we did, I just gave us more content, because now we can snip this, and we can start a uh, a drink recipe catalog. Yeah. Where they have to go listen to something else to find the drink recipe. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we made this on episode 24. I think that's, I think we're on 24. Yeah. And uh yeah, just go back there, listen listen to that podcast and you'll get the recipe. And you'll also get the inside scoop on our little gimmick that we're about to start running on y'all. Because it's all part of this. <laughs> what gimmick? We have a now gimmick. The, yeah, the fact that they have to listen to something else to find the, oh, yeah. find the drink recipes now. <laughs> I was like, fuck, I didn't know we were doing the welcome gimmick. Welcome to the fucking gimmick. <laughs> also, welcome to the Sip It Ripping pod <laughs> podcast. I'm Zach, he's Nathan. You can find me at uh at ZG summer underscore summer shred journey. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can find him at Nathan Skedios. You can find the podcast at Sip It and Rip It on Instagram. Instagram, TikTok. Rate us five stars on Spotify and Apple Music mm -hmm. or Apple Podcasts, whatever the fuck it is. I guess it's Apple Podcasts, yeah. even though it's all the same thing. Apple. It's yeah. Apple product. Yeah. But the Apple thing. Yeah. Give us five stars. Just, just don't, you don't even have to listen to the podcast. All we really need you to do is download it and rate it five stars. You <laughs> yeah. don't even have to listen you don't even to have it. To listen. Just, give us, <laughs> just, just do us a favor. Yeah. It's real. It's real simple. Download it and rate it. That's easy. No problem. So we already talked about drinks. Well, um, we kind of did. We got peach old fashions tonight. Uh, if you want the recipe, we're going to start a catalog of, uh, <laughs> of uh recipes for you guys to listen uh listen to uh that being said um almost all of them are some type of variation of an old-fashioned so <laughs> i hope you like whiskey <laughs> well we've done a couple different ones we've done some rum, rum old fashions no, no we we did uh we did like a tequila one tequila, tequila something didn't we 
We've had tequila in here before. Yeah. I just don't remember what it was. It wasn't an old-fashioned. It wasn't an old-fashioned. That's what I'm saying. It's not all old-fashioned. Not all. I'd be okay with, uh, with like a Kentucky Mule. I won't do a Moscow Mule because I don't like vodka. But mm. be okay with like a Kentucky Mule or even like a Paloma, something like that. I can't remember the name of it, but I saw something. It was like espresso and whiskey and a little bit of creamer. That's probably good. It wasn't, they didn't use creamer, they used heavy cream, but I would just put creamer in it. Or, like, or that. Like an Irish whiskey recipe? Maybe that's what it was. It was like Irish coffee. Is Irish that what coffee, they call it? Or Irish coffee recipe, yeah. Um, that sounded interesting, but it specifically called for espresso. And I was just kind of like, I wonder if it'd be too overbearing to use that uh, coffee rum. Yeah, a lot espresso. of coffee. But I like to taste coffee. That and like either creamer or that cream liqueur, or maybe a little bit. Well, you know, we made the. Um, the rum old fashions with the chocolate bitters mm -hmm. last podcast when Elizabeth was here, mm -hmm. um, I accidentally used the coffee rum instead of the black rum, not paying attention. Yeah. And we ended up putting some Disarono, um, uh, cream liqueur and on top of it. And it ended up being pretty fucking good. Yeah. I liked so, it better without the cream liqueur, but I think the cream liqueur it mellowed it out basically. Like it got rid of some, a lot of the hard coffee flavor, yeah, which was what I really liked. Yeah, just like, uh, just old fashioned was pretty strong of coffee. Yeah, which yeah. I really enjoyed because yeah. I, I liked coffee. But. Yeah, it wasn't bad, not at all. So, Jim, this week, uh, Jim was good. Still on RP Bodybuilding, the RP uh, Hypertrophy app. Mm -hmm. It's nice. Um, trying to rebuild a squat. Uh, same <laughs> not quite not to the same extent but not particularly fun but uh otherwise you know pretty strong week good week uh started the carbon diet app mm -hmm. uh for my nutrition uh also pretty solid um i like it i like things that give me metrics and it gives me metrics and that keeps me motivated so that makes uh, sense. i like no numbers and i like being able to see them and i think my problem with my fitness pal is there are no metrics it's just did you log today or did you not log today That's right it. so Carbon gives you metrics. I like mm. metrics. So, diet for me is like, I'm gonna log everything in my fitness pal for one day, and I'm just gonna eat that. Like that's that's just all I do. I eat yeah. the same thing all the time. Log at least the Monday first time Friday. of the week, and then not even the first time of the week. Like I'll just eat the same thing for months on end. That's fair. For at least five days a week, and then everything else I kind of like. Like for the weekends, I usually just try to be intuitive when I eat. Fair. Except for this sense. past weekend because we had the baby shower the family baby shower and there was cake and which i only had like two bites of it because it was trash <laughs> i'm not gonna lie to you our baby shower cake's gonna be fucking awesome because i don't know if you had our gender reveal cake but it was no. stupid good if she's making it again then i'm gonna definitely get yeah these. yeah you need to uh, it had to be egg free for sandy but yeah. mom's substitution for eggs was like greek yogurt so it ended yeah. up just being this ridiculously moist mm -hmm. like it wasn't even cake-like in texture. It, like, <laughs> fell apart. It was like a tr trashy cake, and if you wanted it to look good, it wasn't your cake. Right. God damn, did it taste good. Hey, <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not much of a aesthetics person. I'd much rather it taste good. I mean, so. as soon as you sliced it, it just, like, fell apart. But, man, it was, <laughs> it was like, just, it was, like, it was almost like half-cooked cake batter. The whole thing was. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. It uh, it was amazing. I think she's doing it again for us, so it was really good. But, was it, like, a vanilla cake? Yeah, I think it was like a standard yellow cake or vanilla cake or something like that, yeah. but it wasn't anything special. But uh, like I said, everything has to be egg-free because mm -hmm. of Sandy's allergy now, so yeah, solid though. My gym week's pretty good. Um, my third week with Joe, I'm just doing a lot of GPP stuff, and it's really intense. 
a lot of 90 second, 60 second. Yeah, I mean, some 10 second rest. And that's like, that's really challenging. It's four, the one thing specifically, it's like four sets of 12 dumbbell flies on a yoga ball in a glute bridge with 10 seconds. Kind of really challenging. Yeah, absolutely. I guess just, he's trying to get you over that gluteal amnesia, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that came in from the start, and I don't know if he had a hunch or not, but we we only recently talked about the gluteal amnesia this week, um, which he's got me some some homework to do on that. But I I meant to do it yesterday, and I didn't. I need to do it tonight and tomorrow and kind of like on all my non-lifting days just to kind of like get an idea of where my glutes are because I can't feel them. But I did have a really good experience today I normally don't work out on Sundays, but Friday I felt like dog shit. So I went today and I had a dumbbell bench press at a slight incline. Well, you know, at Hartzell, they have that one bench that sits up a little higher. So when I got in, I could get into a really good bridge position. So I was like, I'm going to go ahead and do this. I'm going to go ahead because I like I couldn't really get into a good glute position, glute bridge position on the yoga ball. But on that, I could, and I don't know why. So I did. And man, <laughs> like immediately after, like when I got home, I got in the shower and I was like, oh my God, like this is uncomfortable, but it's a good thing because I can actually feel them when I'm doing it. Good. So I think that's one aspect that I'm going to try and do every single time that I have a dumbbell bench press at least. Um, other than that, everything else has been more of the same, just trying to get my GPP up and just trying to get my work capacity up, which I feel like I have decent work capacity, but he's showing me that it could be better. It could be better. It yeah. could always be better. So that was pretty much my week. Just GPP stuff, lots of warm ups that don't feel like warm ups that feel more like hit workouts. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I've said that on the podcast yet, but I know I've told you yeah. several times. I'm like, I'm, freaking dying over here. I actually um I, I did get to talk to a gentleman he might actually help me advance my career in this which is really good but he is the strength and conditioning coach at uh for Hartsville City Schools like he basically, okay. basically has um all boys seventh grade and up regardless of sport so mm. if they're basketball football whatever he's he, they, they come train with him um but he was telling me a really really good approach and I think Joe's done this a little bit with you Especially, but especially as a power lifter, but he's talking specifically about a locomotive athlete being a football player. Yeah. is really what he's talking about. Because the kids are less interested, and this is really true of us as power lifters too. The kids are a little less interested in like boring unilateral work, like lunges and split squats, mm-hmm. um, and really want do the, don't want to do them in their main workout. He just makes them mandatory in the warm up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then, he, but you know that, and I ended up doing that. Um, me and Sandy actually had a conversation before I even talked to him about, man, I suck at lunges. Maybe I just need to warm up with lunges. Mm-hmm. And just so I get them out of the way and they get done every lower body day. Yeah. So no big deal. Right. So I wonder if Joe's almost doing that too with you is not only is it a warm up, it's obviously a really good warm up, yeah. but he's also spending warm up time wisely on a movement that could actually yield some gains. I guess. I think, I think I mean? so. Like, I, th- I think that's, <clears throat> that's probably correct. I could ask him. He's not just... using real training volume on it but he is putting it in a place that can be useful yeah and i mean truthfully though like like i said it feels like a hit workout so i'm i'm pouring sweat every single time i get done with my warm-ups unless it's the stretching one 
there's only one day that he lets me like do some actual stretching and stuff as my warm up. Yeah. Um, like band pulls and stuff like that. But everything else is always just like walks, bike, or the, it's either walks or the bike, or and then a million supersets of whatever I have to do that day. Like one day it's fifteen reverse lunges and banded. Uh, uh, abductors, right? Mm-hmm. Out as abductors. Mm-hmm. I always get, I always get those mixed up. But yeah, so just like ten sets of those, like in a superset, and it's like he gives me ninety seconds rest. And I'm like, I don't have time for ninety seconds rest. So I get like thirty or forty five sometimes, <laughs> and it's just like just gotta power through it. It sucks. That's a lot of fucking movement. Especially in a in a small period of time, yeah. Like, and then one he has me doing like six movements. I couldn't tell you all of them because I don't remember. I haven't I haven't gotten it down to a, uh, like it's not just uh, muscle memory at this point. I have to look at it every single time because it's like six movements. But after the first one, I usually can remember and kind of go from there. But there's there's a lot. Sure. There's a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's going to be cool getting you go through this process with Joe, somebody mm-hmm. that's such a heavy hitter. And, uh, you know, it's also, you know, just goes to show you, Nathan's pretty advanced. It just shows you the power of a coach. Yeah. Yeah. You just know? just yeah. having a whole bunch, a whole different world kind of, in a way, open up. Because it's like, I feel like I'm not, and he, he may even say this, because I, I saw him post something similar on his, his Instagram. He was like, uh, it's not necessarily training for powerlifting is training to be an athlete and that's kind of what he's focusing on primarily right now is training to be an athlete and then when we get closer to the meet it's going to be more specific it's going to be you know a lot more squat bench and deadlift days but we'll see we'll see how that goes when we get there yeah that's fair i I think that's smart i think he's uh on the front end and on the cutting edge of powerlifting for a reason Mm -hmm. as a coach so uh i wouldn't argue with him i know you don't but yeah um, I just I just give them the info and say, what do you want me to do with it? Like, there's a very uh, you know I know this as a coach, but there's a surprisingly large number of people that will ask you in great detail exactly what they need to do and then not do any of it, yeah. <laughs> even if they're paying you. Yeah, yeah, I, I think there's a surprisingly large number that will do the exact opposite of what mm-hmm. you tell them, and then blame you on, and then blame blame you. At the yeah, end of the day that is interesting because I actually saw him post on his story today talking about red flags from clients. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's really funny that that you mentioned that. Yeah. Is he he what did he say like uh if he's uh, in a call with somebody like doing a like an interview basically or whatever. He's not looking for them to be perfect but he's just willing to he he needs them to be willing to try to be. Yeah. <laughs> willing to just follow to to... just to follow through on what he wants essentially. Yeah. Like that's and I I feel like that's what most coaches want is just yeah. like I'm going to give you stuff to do I just want you to do it. Some follow through. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He was talking about specifically if you got somebody to come to you and say, I want to be the best in the world, mm-hmm. and maybe X amount of things are good, but they party on the weekends, they don't sleep well, they don't do this, and they want to eat like shit about half the time. Mm-hmm. And you ask them if they can change that, if they just say no, right, or I can't, like, I can't really work with you because that's what it's going to take <laughs> to get there. Take. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. um, I don't think a lot of people have a championship man- mindset at all. I don't I mean, think so. I think it's a hard thing to learn. I do think it can be learned. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it takes so getting too. your ass fucking kicked. Yeah, I or think I injuries think, like I've gone through, or like it takes some life lessons to figure that shit out. I, I think a lot of it, like you said, um, 
specifically, it can be learned because I didn't have, I had an amount of drive yeah. like in the gym, but I, I went there thinking, oh, if I do all these things, things will happen. And I enjoyed the gym uh, in the early days. So I was just going because I liked it and it was fun. Um, but I didn't have the mindset of I'm going to be the best. Yeah. You know, I just kind of was there because I enjoyed it because I wanted to look decent. I mean, we can name a uh, hundred local athletes who we love dearly that, and including myself, that just aren't willing to change or at least haven't mentally matured enough to make the change yeah. uh, necessary to be. And for me, it'll just be going from intermediate to adva- to advanced, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm never going to be a pro, but like we know for a long time on this on this on this podcast, we talked about it a lot. My unwillingness to permanently change a diet and like everyday lifestyle uh, things holds me back tremendously. Yeah. Sometimes my unwillingness to do certain things in the gym, I've just talked about like lunges and you know lateral shit mm-hmm. that I hate. Well, that's what I'm missing strength wise. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, those are the things that I need help with. And your unwillingness to do something is absolutely going to be what holds you back. Yeah. So I agree with that. Well, it's just what it is. So, uh, PR songs? That was a pretty long tangent we went on. Yeah. I mean, it's an important <laughs> it's al- one. Almost a whole fair. topic there. You know? Almost. I, I was yeah. thinking, damn, are we just going to make this whole topic for the day? Just talk about the mindset of a champion? Is that is that the episode? I mean, it could be. It could be. We haven't really decided on we the haven't topic. Really. Um, but PR songs, I've got a couple. One that just popped up today that I was on my like. So apparently I liked it before. Um, is called Worship Decay by Silosis. Okay, yeah, I think I, I think you did post it today. Yeah, I actually yeah. saw it not too terribly. Yeah, it was uh, it was on my my story for my my dumbbell presses. But uh, yeah, I just heard it. It randomly came on, and I was like, this kind of slaps. Uh, it's it's kind of like a. I would call it heavier than metalcore, but it still has the same like melody as a metalcore, like the same chorus. You know what I mean? Right. Um, the kind of the clean vocals, softer uh, chorus, but it it it, it slaps. Hell yeah, I'm about it. Um, so I have a, a serious entry. Um, I'm gonna not so serious one for my second. Uh, Please end me by Paleface. Uh, it's one of their new singles. It's fucking awesome. I've heard listen of Paleface. I think I think Clay told me to listen. Yeah, if you look listen to him, you do have to listen. You have to do have to look up Paleface Swiss, but the name okay. of the band is Paleface. But everything, um, everything that's listed is Paleface Swiss. I'm not sure if there's a an issue with trademark or something Probably. like that. But they're you know they're listed as Paleface Swiss. But right. um, yeah, please end me by Paleface. It's fucking awesome. So listen to it. Um, other one I'll put is I put. Uh, versions crown on here a few times i think yeah you like um and i'm hoping i didn't put this on last week because this was just saved on my thing but normally i delete them after i do after i say them but uh the breeding process by a versions crown i don't think you put that one i don't think so too i know i, I put erebus erebus is yeah. like my favorite song by them it's the same album uh just fucking hard death metal like oh yeah so uh, i'm gonna get on everybody's nerves with a not not very serious one uh this is uh uh, both a dedication to the drink we're drinking tonight and my wife's butt. Um, it is uh, Peaches by Jack Black. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love it. So, man, it's time for a second drink. We're going to do a new thing where we mix our second uh, our second round right here on the podcast with you guys. So. Yeah, I guess I'm pretty close to being out too. <clears throat> yep, so I'm going to take my last one and we'll mix one up. 
God, we're not going to reveal the recipe. You should have listened to it at the beginning of the podcast. Should have. And it may be in another place for you guys. We might do a whole, you know, separate listing for for drink recipes. I wonder if we could do a whole episode. Like, let's say, you know, when I list it on, um, oh, shit. Oh, no, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Well, we ain't got uh, to worry about our secret getting out on the... Um, Nah, I'm just gonna pay you. I think uh I think this is the most technical difficulties we've had on an episode ever. Ever? Yeah. Ever. But I mean we made big changes. We obviously have a table now, so we're yep. standing. Um had to move microphones. Got a new got microphone. Got a new mic. Um I'm gonna shake that. Normally you check these up and down, by the way, but we don't want to make a mess in here. <laughs> um, yeah, what else did we do? Move micro- microphones around. That, mean we, that means we had to move the camera around, yep. which means, um, you know, it means a lot of things. And we had to uh, assemble a table. We did. We've done a lot today. That's why we're having two drinks. Yeah, that's the reason why we're having two. <laughs> Apart from the aesthetic's kind of cool. The aesthetic is pretty cool. Can't lie to you. We may I, need some paper towels. That may be the. <laughs> yeah, that will be off camera. We'll do. We'll we'll get some off camera. We'll get some set them off to the yeah. side. And like, Unless you know, Bounty want to give us give us some money or something. <laughs> Bounty, <laughs> hey, sponsor us. We'll put you right in front. Uh, we, I feel like we since it's sticky, we probably need some baby wipes. Do you have? We baby both got wipes. kids on the way. <laughs> <laughs> we, I do definitely have baby wipes. I mean, I don't know. What's the brand of baby wipes? Pampers does them. Huggies does them. Pampers. Uh, shit, I can't think of any other. You know, there's dude wipes. Yeah, I mean, that's what conventional wipe pullers use, right? <laughs> <laughs> probably. I guess the sumo guys probably use Pampers for that chapped ass. Because <laughs> they'd be losing mates and shit all the time. <laughs> uh, I mean... There are some strong sumo pullers. We yeah. can name three in the world. <laughs> Dan Grigsby. Jamal Peoples. Browner. Technically, Joe Sullivan pulls sumo. Technically, he does. Doesn't that? Derek Thistleweight, maybe? Yeah, I was about to say Derek. The, the one that nobody wants to mention. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of been an asshole lately, hasn't he? Like, I don't know why. I don't know what his deal is, but he's been like... I ain't, gonna bring, I ain't bringing no heat to this podcast, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, you He'll know... make us cry. <laughs> listen, listen, if he wants to roast the podcast... It can only be good for us. It's only it's only publicity for us. I mean, he, he out-totals us both combined. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> well, I don't think so. I mean, I'm pretty broken right now. <laughs> you, you, could pull, you could pull a thousand. You could get you could get a thousand. I mean, shit. I mean, I, I had a twelve hundred pound CrossFit total the other day. I'm pretty sure I. That's what I'm together, saying. Like, I can probably put together fourteen or fifteen. If you put together fourteen or fifteen, I put together sixteen or seventeen. Uh, we we can beat him <laughs> together. <laughs> Only by the powers combined. <laughs> Fucking Captain Planet over here. <laughs> hey, that's what it takes. That's what it takes. Yeah. Pretty average by comparison. You, you wouldn't. Uh, you youngest wouldn't. man ever to total twenty two hundred. I think. Probably. I think he is. Probably. That's ironic that you. I answered that with probably. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but probably. Yeah. 
I was going to say you wouldn't, uh, uh, Captain Plant, but you wouldn't get it, but uh, the fusion technique from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, I fucking hate anime. <laughs> but that, it makes- said, that is a segue, because we already talked about gym goals. Um, so, maybe this is maybe this is a good uh, good segue into what we're talking about, because we kind of planned on, on talking about uh, goal orientation and then how to adjust for a busy schedule, right? That's yeah, so we, 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 yeah. But one thing that I'm doing currently, and this is more personal development than it is powerlifting, is I, me and my wife are putting together a vision board, which I know that sounds really fucking cheesy. I don't even know but, what it is. So a vision board is all like short-term and longer, long-term goals that you want to achieve. So okay. for right now, there's other things that's going to go on my vision board. But for right now, I have uh, two kind of major ones. I have my own personal, um, you know, not commercial gym space, but powerlifting gym space. So I have a picture of a powerlifting gym mm-hmm. cut out and posted to the board. Mm-hmm. The next one is I want a Hellcat mm-hmm. car. It's a long way away from making that much money, right? So that's on the bigger end of the board. And then on the shorter term uh, end of my board is I want to be debt free. Right. So one of the things though was physique goals, right? So I really like a strongman body top. And we went to Books and Millions to kind of sh- sh- uh, search for magazines that had these visions of ours or dreams of ours mm-hmm. in them so we cut them out and put them on our vision board and uh, there's a surprisingly low number of fitness magazines in existence now um, i wouldn't say disturbing. that's i wouldn't say that's surprising because magazines in general, general are, are yeah. printed, but it was still a disturbingly low number of right like and it's um, all probably like swimsuit models so right? i had the idea and i ended up not buying one of these either because i had a, i thought i had a bunch at home but it may have gotten damaged in the hailstorm a few years back mm-hmm. but um Pulling one out of Nathan's playbook right here. Um, I have decided, do you know who happens to be six foot three and 260 pounds in the same frame as I am? The One of the greatest comic book characters of all time. One Eddie Brock or Venom. Yeah. I, so I have I, decided okay. that Venom <laughs> is my <laughs> ideal physique with all, with all this stuff. You know, and that I plan makes on putting Venom, Venom on my vision board as my ideal physique. I, it makes sense now. I saw you post Venom on yeah. your Instagram and I was like, Huh, I wonder if he like picked up a random comic. I had comic that comic and I was looking for it. And I think it was one that I had to throw away because of the hellstorm. It got water damage oh, okay. or something. But I had that that issue of Lethal Protector I, I used to own. And I was looking for it and couldn't find it. And found, you know, just did a Google search. Found yeah. images or whatever. But yeah. Name a superhero with better quads than, than Venom. You know? I don't think it could be done. You know? <laughs> Yeah, a lot of it fucking thunder thighs, dude. (laughs) A lot of it does depend on the artist, but Venom is always like huge, right? Absolutely fucking like. The only time the symbiote's not kind of jacks when he's on Peter Parker, and he's like skinny Jack still. There's not like not like not like, but he's not like like traditional Venom. Venom There's there's another was Anti Venom. Yeah, is that not Flash Thompson? I think that is Flash Thompson. That wasn't Eddie Brock. I think that is Flash Thompson. But yeah, Eddie Brock's Venom. <laughs> absolute fucking unit for which real. is also why i'm disappointed in both toe for grace and as much as i love tom hardy he he was he was a better casting than he Toe-for was a better casting was. but he but he wasn't big he like, should have not, been like bane big for right for Venom, and he wasn't truthfully though when he when he talked about being bane big he talked about like how <laughs> he felt just fat he didn't feel big he felt fat he looked big on screen he was fucking yoked but like but he was like i just felt it was fat. hollywood yoked anyway yeah you know how all those guys are a lot smaller in person than yeah 
than they actually are. I it mean, was also huge in Warrior. I don't know if you ever watched Warrior. Was that the boxing movie? It was a MMA movie. Him MMA. and his brother end up fighting each other in the yeah. movie. Yeah, I haven't and watched he, it. He's kind of the villain in that movie, but he's a really good villain in that yeah. movie. Um, awesome movie. He was absolutely fucking yoked in it, too. Um, but not so much as Eddie Brock for some reason. Yeah. Well, 260. But, for an but actor the, to be 260. I was going to say, the... Uh, the comic book stature, and you can look this up for Eddie Brock and Venom, was six foot three and two hundred sixty pounds. Yeah, which I happen to be which six is, two, but yeah, close. Yeah, interesting that he's <clears throat> so much heavier than Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne's like two twenty. Yeah, I mean, but I guess he's. I guess if you look at it from like a a fighting perspective, right? You do want to be. A little leaner, a little I mean, faster. Eddie, Eddie Brock was a really fucking good, uh, was a really good athlete, but he wasn't like... A, he was a fighter. He wasn't a fighter necessarily, yeah. you know what I mean? Whereas, he was kind yeah. of a crazy person, but he wasn't necessarily <laughs> a fighter, you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. He was a bully. The symbiote makes him a fighter, but... Yeah, Eddie Brock. That's it, man. That makes sense. So, uh, busy schedule, right? That's what we were talking about? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so... Um, I have some opinions about this. The rest of the fitness world isn't going to have. I think it'll surprise you. So I was actually, so just going <clears> to <throat> shout out Anthony because he kind of was the one who brought it up because he was having a lot of overtime at work. Um, do you remember his last name, Anthony? I can't remember. Anthony uh, James. Uh, that's his middle name. I think his last name is Italian. I think it's a, uh, a yellow or something like that. It's A I E L L O. Okay. I've never, I guess I've never gotten his last name. Um, I guess he just goes by Anthony James on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, so um, you can look him up. He's also act absolutely jacked. Like he's a big kid. He's uh, extremely strong. I'm training him now. Uh, really Fucking good unit. <laughs> really good guy. Uh, probably has a really good career in powerlifting if he, if he decides to pursue it, which I'm thinking he will. I mean, we're we're pursuing our, our immediate eight week goal is a 500 pound zercher squat. Yeah, which is very unique. Not a lot of people want to do that, but. I think that's why he wants I to I can do count it. some really good powerlifters and, and Austin, Austin probably included. I can count on one hand how many people I've seen in person front squat over 400 pounds, mm -hmm. let alone Zercher five. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, you know, pretty and pretty elite company if he ends up uh, yeah. Zercher'ing 500 pounds. Which is only 25 pounds off his best. And I think uh, getting his form corrected which i've already yeah. noticed a huge yeah difference. we've done that well i worked with him saturday uh last saturday night a week from yesterday and uh <clears throat> you know he was doing some things to accommodate some old injuries that mm -hmm. i just don't think they were necessary anymore and now that we've uh adjusted them i think that he's just going to be um an absolute just fucking unit yeah he'll probably get he'll probably get that 500 surgery pretty quick yeah but um he, he was talking about how uh he felt like he wasn't performing as well in the gym while working overtime, which makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he asked me the question. He was like, and he, he brought stuff. like, do you think you could talk about it on the podcast? And I was like, well, I can answer all, all the questions right now. But uh, if you want us to talk about it, I'll talk to Zach. And I guess that's what we decided on. But yep. um, specifically, here, here's the big thing, especially if it's a manual labor job, you're still expending energy. Yep. If you are not recovering and eating to re and sleeping and sleeping to recover like get that energy back of course you're gonna perform worse yeah like you just you just are not as recovered to get in there so when when you have a manual labor job specifically you do have to take that into consideration when you're programming somebody or if you're programming yourself um 
so that that's if you look at the I think it's the Juggernaut app, which th this is one of the things they did do right was um they ask you you know what is your work like how stressed are you at work from a physical standpoint you know that's very important when you're calculating sure. your MRV yeah yeah I agree hundred percent um I think the, the exception really being and let me tell you something when I say this especially for and I don't want to sound I don't want to sound political when I say this, but be, being completely honest, here in the South, it's rare that white people work a manual labor job anymore, like yeah. a truly manual labor job anymore. Like it is, like you know, it is, mm -hmm. it is what it is. You can say what you want to. I know we're still mostly blue collar, but when it comes to like, it's not the same. Our manual labor now is not the same manual labor my granddad did in the steel mill sixty years ago, and yeah. it's not. You can't, you know, mm -hmm. can't tell me it is. First of all, technology is advanced that we don't have to do the same things my granddad had mm -hmm. had to do. So it is what it is. But, um, you know, I'm not sure that we're working as hard as we used to in general. But uh, overtime, overtime tends to be the problem. But it's typically not, for me, it's not, and this is where my hot takes about to come in. <laughs> it's typically not somebody like Anthony that's work, just having to happen to work overtime at the moment um, and having a hard time training and training well. I don't really find necessarily a problem with that. I think that can be adjusted. Like I said, as I, as his coach, I can pull percentages back or RPE back. Um, I could just pull volume back. There's a lot of ways that I could address that personally. And then he could address it with more food, and more sleep. Mm -hmm. Not like going to have to cut out some bullshit. Don't go play video games with your friends. Don't go to the club. Don't, don't go out drinking. Like stay home, get your sleep, make sure you get plenty of food. Training will be there. I ain't no yeah. big deal. And then I'll do my part as a coach and pull. Yeah. volume or rpe back whatever whatever it happens to be personally i think that volume is the answer it's the biggest driver of fatigue so mm -hmm. you know i would rather see that pulled back than that top set pulled back right but you know there's a lot of ways to address that my hot take is this the vast majority of people 99.9 percent .9 of people are not in anthony's situation and um their work isn't affecting their training as much as they like to fucking think it is if the only the only thing I would say, like as far as like sedentary people's yeah. work, they may have to stretch more, and yeah. because they're sitting more, right? Yeah, absolutely, they're, I'd have more active and more dynamic warm ups mm -hmm. in their routine. Yeah, on so the front end. so their their overtime is affecting them negatively in a different way. It is so like they're becoming more stiff, more immobile. Uh, My injury problems didn't start until I started have until I worked a desk job for a few years where I was. In a desk, you know, mm -hmm. sitting at a desk, six of the nine hours a day I worked. Right. So that's definitely a different type of problem. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it can it could have been alleviated with me walking a dynamic warm up before my workout. Um, walk, getting up, people say this, but get up and walk five minutes every hour. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was answering phone calls. The phone wasn't ringing. I wasn't working. Right. So like I could get up at any moment and go, you know, take that five minute walk or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so just off the cuff, I find it hard to believe that people are actually working so hard that it's genuinely affecting their training. <laughs> I definitely agree. Um, That's just because the work, like you said, the work lately is just not, it's not, the same. It, it, it's not the same, right? Even, even like you said, manual labor, like my job would be considered like half manual, half manual labor and half. Uh, working at a desk because yeah. I work on a computer for most like I work on a computer logging information researching things but I do have to get up 
go to physical locations. I have to walk or I have to drive a, a machine to get there. Yeah. Um, so I do do some amount of movement in the day and I stand all day, but I am sedentary in the fact that I am at a desk. Technically it is a stand desk, like I said, yeah. but I'm just standing there for a good five to six hours out of my day. Yeah. And out of a 10, 10 or 11 hour work day, most of them? Uh, 10. So, I mean, that's, you know, half your work day. I wouldn't necessarily call it sedentary because you're not sitting, but right. But it's still but like, less than optimal for, yeah, you know, less active. But, you know, I don't know what Anthony's job is, and it may very well be physical. You know, I do have, you know, my best friend works construction. Um, his job definitely, depending on what he's doing that day, takes a toll on his ability to train. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what Justin's done in the past. That's one of the most uh, egregiously strong people I have ever met before in my life, and honestly, trains so egregiously stupid that I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how it's ever worked out for him. That being said, though, one thing that he does really smart is when he was in the gym and training regularly, he knew that his job took a lot out of him. Mm -hmm. So he trained before he went to work. Yeah, that makes sense. And it meant getting up a little bit earlier and going to bed a little earlier. But like no training quality was affected, even though his day was harder because he was doing it on the front end. Um, that's a very, very simple task. Most people, most people that are running into this problem, in the here and now, and I'm not saying Anthony doesn't have a legitimate problem with this, because overtime does change things a little bit. If you're working four or five hours over every day, uh, that's hard on anybody, regardless mm -hmm. of what type of job you have. Uh, if, if nothing else, it's mentally stressful, and that does affect your MRV as well. Yes. Um, but you're just your normal 40 hours a week. People aren't willing enough to adjust their lifestyle to adapt to training mm -hmm. and expect training to just adapt to their lifestyle. Right. And that just rarely ever fucking happens. Uh, the like, only way that could possibly happen is if you like get a work from home job and you can like have you a work out in the middle of the day. Or you, you, can, yeah. you, you can set up a home gym and you can like work in between like tasks that you do and stuff like that. Very rarely is that ever that's a pretty be, that's a pretty large fucking privilege. To be yeah, honest with you. that is a um, huge. Pri and most people, let's be honest, most people who work from home. They're not gonna have home gym, and they're only, not gonna. I only have an hour to to work out after <clears throat> after my um after my shift, and I have to do this, this, and this, and then by the time I get to the gym, I only have forty five minutes. I can go before. Yeah. Like at this point, it's like the thing about going like, going yeah. before is the commitment to waking up early. But you know, most people will like. You know, I'm I'm gonna I own my own business now, and if I if anybody had to be up early, it'd be me, right? Mm -hmm. But like, my job starts at six forty five. Man, being at being at the gym by five is not that big of a deal. I'm fucking old now. I'm in bed by eight, eight thirty, nine o'clock mm -hmm. most of the time anyway. Yeah. Like I can just wake up. You yeah. know? I'm also though, <clears throat> well, I'm not very disciplined about diet. I'm not very disciplined about we've already talked about this, about doing the things I don't necessarily want to do in the gym. I never miss a workout. I could have the fucking flu and I wouldn't mm -hmm. miss a workout. Like discipline is not in terms of showing up and consistency is not a fucking issue for me. I would rather, I'd wake up at fucking midnight to go lift if it meant getting to lift versus not getting to lift. Yeah. I mean, but I, I honestly think the main problem to address, people need to address when it comes to working things around a busy schedule, isn't their busy schedule, it's their attitude about their busy schedule. That that makes a lot of sense too, because, you know, a lot of people complain, uh, well, there's two sides, right? There's the side that says everybody has the same 24 hours, and some people say it's not equal because I have to do this, this, and this. Well, yes, you do have to do this and this and this. How much time do you have? Everybody's got something to do. Every That's not a fucking excuse. Yeah. No. 
Everybody, the legitimate, only real legitimate answer is everybody's got 24 hours. Yeah. Perfect example. We have a good friend. Y'all heard her on the podcast before and Elizabeth, mm-hmm. single mom, business owner, works her ass off. Um, she was in a situation where she wouldn't, couldn't really get to the gym as much anymore. And you know what she did? She didn't fucking quit. She hit her coach up me and said, Hey, I need three workouts a week. I can do at home and three. I can go do in the gym mm-hmm. and only make it to the gym three days a week. Well, guess what we did? <laughs> She works out at home three days a week. Mm-hmm. Fucking problem solved. Yeah. As somebody that knows the value of what we're doing and is willing to adjust their own shit to accommodate their goals and their needs. Right. People's attitudes about this. This isn't necessarily Anthony. I know like I said yeah. overtime is is a is a uh one of those factors that do change things. But most people working a 40 hour week job, it's their attitude that needs to be fixed first, not their job, yeah. not their training, nothing else. It's their attitude about training. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I would definitely agree. I, yeah. I guess coming from my standpoint, you know, I work a second shift job, so there is only the option to go before work. And that's a good option. That's the, my preferred option as a coach. Yeah, so I, I can't go after because if I go after, you know, I get off work at 2 a.m. There's no way I'm be going. be in the gym till fucking 4 or 5. And then get home and go to bed. That's that's be a weaker than puppy piss at 2 that, in the morning. That would be the, <laughs> the worst. And I always, like, I, I have a, a little bit of energy at the end of the night. I always get that little second rush. But by the time I get home and I eat, I'm pretty, I'm pretty done. Like it's, it's, it doesn't take long for me to be like, all right, it's time to go to bed. So there's, I just, now when I work a first shift job, if I get off at a decent time, I do not mind going to the gym after. Right. And it's usually sucks because it's like four or five o'clock, right? So you, you get there, it's busy, it sucks, but you just make it work. Yeah. I mean, you just fucking do it. And I, you know. I realize to a lot of people, this sounds like I'm minimizing your problems, but let me tell you something. You maximize your problems. Yeah. Like all of us, listen, I'm a business owner. We just talked about Elizabeth's her business owner. If you're working a nine to five for somebody else, your life's not that fucking stressful. Yeah. It's not. You know, you're if you, if, when you're, when you're on the clock 24 seven, because you're on your, your own business owner, that's fucking stressful. And I'm yeah. not saying entrepreneurs are the only people that we have a monopoly on stress. Cause I know that we don't, but you look at that versus like my wife's job. My wife used to be an engineer. And now she's a plant manager. Her life as an engineer was much, much easier in terms of stress mm-hmm. than her life as, right. as a manager. Because now she's salary. Now she's can get a phone call at any moment, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like, that's, that's one of those things. And not to, mention, not, not to mention all those things, but she's got, you know, 100 other people she has to take care of too. Mm-hmm. And their well-being... Their livelihood depend on the decisions that she makes and makes well. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's high, a high stress job. Yeah. Nine out of 10, 10 of us are entrepreneurs and we don't have that level of a job. Mm-hmm. Period. Your, your life's not as stressful as you think it is. No. You work 12 hours in the hospital. I know that sucks. Fucking people die on you. You have to wipe asses. Uh, you know, you, get, you probably get attached to people and you know you have to deal with death. You have to deal with people delivering bad news, stuff like that. That sucks. You have to um, deal with abuse yeah you have to deal with abuse i mean there's a lot of things there's a lot of things in that but at some point you have to say do what do i want Mm -hmm. and you will accommodate for things that you actually want you won't make excuses for something that you actually want specifically you know my girlfriend desi she she, she's worked hard for me for a long time 
Yeah, she just she said <laughs> three twelves didn't matter. Yeah. You know, she was like, "Well, I gotta work three twelve hour shifts. I'll go to I'll you know she 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 made the decision to go on her off days. Four days a week is a good schedule. Yeah. So it's like it's it's not that hard, right? Yeah. Like if you only work three days a week, getting to the gym four times a week is super easy. You yeah. have four full days to make it there. Yeah. Like I work four tens. I have you know I I go on my work days. And my day is my work days are go to the gym, go to work, come home and go to sleep. Uh, like I get three days to myself and then I have four days that are packed. There's yeah. no, there's nothing else that can be done on my work days except for work, the gym. That's it. No, that, well, that's what you, that's what you plan for and accommodate for. That's, that's what I, that's, and I, <clears throat> I realize too, that most people, most general fitness people aren't going to have this view, but everybody listening, there's probably, you're probably a power lifter, bodybuilder, or strongman. Um, you're probably doing something similar to me and Nathan. <clears throat> Those dreams don't. <coughs> oh shit. <clears throat> but those dreams can't just be put on pause. Like mm-hmm. it's not a, we can do it later type, type, yeah. of, type of thing. You have to like, constantly have be to, growing. You have to constantly be getting better. You have to be constantly working at it. Um, or it doesn't work. If you're unwilling to accommodate those things, then maybe you're unwilling to be a power lifter, bodybuilder, or strongman. Or, or you anything, just, or you like, just don't want to excel at it. Maybe yeah. you want to do it for fun, and and you know that's what? If you too. want to yeah. do it for fun, that's cool. Um, there's nothing wrong with that at all. No. But if you want to excel at it, if you want to be, if you have, like we were talking about earlier, if you have, you want to have that champion mindset and be the best that you can be. May not be the best in the world, but if you want to be the best that you can be, you have to commit to it. Well, you know, not to mention you're. I'm, I promise you're only one one ass beating away from wanting to be the best at it you can be. That's absolutely true. You go to any powerlifting meet and you see the dude that's half your body weight squatting twice as much as you. You're like, oh man, you know, like yeah, you're only you're only <laughs> that's for real. You're only one ever. You're ever only one ass beating away from uh, from saying, "I no longer want to be average. I actually want to try it." This. Yeah. Um, if you have any type of gumption or any type of guts mm-hmm. at all, you're only one away from that happening. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. So I don't know. I'm not 100% sure that, not say that it can't, but I'm not 100% sure that just doing it for fun really exists forever. That's fair. It might start that way. Yeah. When you're in the gym and you've never competed in front of anybody and you mm-hmm. you know go months on end setting new PRs and posting them on your Instagram and getting love and everything for it. First time you step on the platform and some fucking 181 goes out and, you know, benches your squat max. You're like, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> it makes you feel a certain way. You it know? makes you think. It kind of there. There's a certain. There's. I guess there's really like two types of people. There's people that see that and go, "Well, I'll never be that good." And there's people that go, "How do I get that good?" Yeah. Like that. That. Those are the two people. Yeah, absolutely. There's. There's really not a whole lot of in between. Like, I, I don't think there's really a, a bad fault in being either one. Um, I will say that the demographic, the people you're around. Um, being around other power lifters, you're probably more than likely going to find yourself wanting to be the best you can be more mm-hmm. often than just being okay with being average. Yeah. And I, I, like you said, the, the environment makes a big difference because like, if you're around a bunch of people who pat you on the back all the time and that was, like, a, that was a problem with the CrossFit environment yeah. was like, just like, Hey, everybody got a slap on the ass and like, Oh, you did great. You did. Yeah. You did the best you could. The best did you, you could. really though. You did the best you could. Well, not, well, not, well, not the best. You yeah, did the we don't best know what you, you ate. For, we don't know what you fucking ate pre-training. We don't know how you slept last night. Um, we don't know what your programming away from the CrossFit class looks like. 
we don't know what you're doing, uh, you know, in your life away from the gym, but add a boy. Good job. Yeah. Like, um, that's not a fucking winning winner's mindset. No, that's a, uh, that's a pandering mindset. Yeah. Well, you're pandering, you're pandering to keep people in your fucking shitty CrossFit gym. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what it was. Yeah, that's what, you know, it's like, man, it almost feels like, and you know, the, the gym that I was attending and I don't know that I'll, I don't know that I'll necessarily attend regularly because I, I feel like it really did get in the way of my body, bodybuilding and powerlifting goals. Um, I think that they do a, a, a much better job than what I had classically experienced in a CrossFit gym. They are a little bit more informed. They're coaching people a little bit better, a little bit to a little bit higher standard. And it doesn't seem like it's always attaboy good at do a good job. No. But by and large, what I've seen has been right. I've never seen a powerlifting gym that not to say that they're not that your that your peers aren't proud of you in a powerlifting gym. But I've never seen a powerlifting gym that didn't go great job, but. Right. The, like, if somebody sees fault somewhere, they're going to be like, it's like hey, hey, man, I know that's a five pound PR, but you could have done this, this, and this better. Uh, I think your triceps are weak, and that's the reason mm -hmm. why it was slow at lockout. Um, you know, your butt you're, came you're off slow out of the hole on the, on the squat. Not, mm -hmm. You need to work on this, that, this or that. Um, I've never seen a good powerlifting environment that wasn't. You know, congratulatory, but then immediately, like, effectively, uh, you know, like, constructively criticizing yeah. you afterwards. Right. You know what I mean? And that's, uh, I think you have to adjust, man, you have to adjust your mindset for that. That's also what makes you better. Yeah. Somebody stronger than you says, that's a great bench press, but you need mm -hmm. to do this, this, and this. You shut up and you fucking listen. Mm -hmm. More, more often than not, you want to get better. Tell let somebody better than you tell you you not tell you, you suck in a bad way, but let somebody remind you you're not as good as you think you are. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's yeah. a, it's a healthy thing. Yeah, like it's important. And it, worst case scenario, right? They say something, and it kind of just like it rubs you the wrong way. Maybe it pisses you off. Maybe you just I think, promise as a powerlifter, they don't fucking care if it pisses you off. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. If if it pisses you off, you know, and you're like, fuck that guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm gonna bench better than he is. he does. There's your drive to be better. Go fucking do it, bro. Yeah. I you mean whether whether you're right or not, whether you whether there is actually something that you know that he doesn't, you know, yeah. what it, maybe maybe he's just Twice your but, size and can but me and you have you, me but. and you have existed inside of a team before, and you know that, you know that if I come to you and I say that was great, but I'm not doing it to bust your balls. Yeah, I'm not doing it, doing it to be an asshole. Hell, half the time me and you send each other shit, expecting the other one to bust the other one up. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I want that, and that's how you get better. Yeah. Like um, sometimes it does come from somebody you hate, but that's even fucking for me. I'm very negatively motivated, so that's fucking fuel for fire. Yeah. But um, that's that's what I was getting. That's, that's at. fine. Like, I mean? it, like if it, if um, it pisses you off, it's probably going to push you forward. But rarely ever do you does it piss me off if it comes from a teammate. Yeah. If you and all you were Austin tells me, hey, this is fine, but you need to be better at this. No fucking skin off my teeth. Let's just mm -hmm. go get better at it, and you know we'll we'll do better next time. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the mindset <laughs> you know, to have. It is. I just yeah. don't think a lot of people have it. I think yeah. a lot of people get their feelings hurt, um, especially nowadays, and I think it's just the culture that the world has built is very sensitive. Yeah. So when you try and explain, and that's, that's, it's really unfortunate that that's where we're at as a society is that we're really sensitive because 
there are so many people I see at, at the gym locally that I'm just like, they really need some help, but I don't want to, I don't yeah, want to tell you don't even want to be a nice guy and try to help them because yeah, they're going to get fucking, they're going to get their feelings hurt. They're going to get mad. They're going to tell you you're wrong. You're an asshole. You're just being mean to them. And it's like, and then they're going to go to the gym staff and complain yeah. about you. And like, like he said, my squat wasn't low enough. Well, it wasn't. You did a half squat. You could have gone lower. It would have been better for you from a hypertrophy standpoint, from a strength building standpoint. It would have been from a safety standpoint because it, they would reduce your load because you're not strong enough to squat that weight. But they're just going to get their feelings hurt and they're going to complain and cry. So it's really unfortunate that that's where we're at in a general sense. Uh, you know, I think to, to kind of recap this whole section of this conversation, um, make sure before you ask for this advice, and Anthony, we know that you are coming from a genuine place. We don't think you're this person at all. Um, but make sure if you're one of these people that want to know what you can do about your busy schedule, mm -hmm. make sure that your attitude's in the right place before mm -hmm. you ask that fucking question. Yeah. Make sure make it's sure not... that you've done what you can do. And maybe you don't know to adjust your diet or adjust your volume. That's mm -hmm. fine. But make sure you've adjusted what time of the day you've worked out and what time uh, you do that. Make sure you've adjusted your own lifestyle and said, hey, I can't do uh, early lunch with the homies because I got to go to the gym before work. Yeah. Or make sure you've done those things before you just say, fuck it, nothing's working. Right. What, what do I do? You know what I mean? Right. So just like, like, I guess, hmm. I guess people... The biggest thing is that people may not understand the concept of work affecting the gym. You know, whether it's sedentary, uh, manual labor, like uh, it's physically more demanding or it's mentally more demanding, all these things come into play. And then may maybe just people don't really understand that. Now, I know most of the advanced people or even intermediate people probably do know this. But for people who just, you know, never really thought about it before, they're just kind of yeah. like, I don't understand. I'm just working more. Why is this affecting my lifts? Yeah. And it's like, well... Well, I mean, Energy well, expenditure, stress. Yeah, well, let's not get, get into the legitimate answers and not just you have a shitty attitude because some of us don't have a shitty attitude. Mm -hmm. Anthony's, I know he's he's serious. He's coming from a good place. Um, he doesn't have a bad attitude about this. He just genuinely wants to get better. Right? Mm -hmm. So take for instance, like I, I am of this opinion. Other coaches might not be. You're a landscaper. Mm -hmm. You get up, you mow grass, and you weed eat. More than likely, you're a sitting mower or a or a stand up mower. Um, and your weed eating is probably the most difficult part of your job. Yeah. Probably toting around a gas can, putting new line on a on a weed eater, like those things are probably the most physical things you do. Mm -hmm. But you are actively on your feet and moving. Mm -hmm. You're stepping a lot. You have a lot of things. Well, a weed eater is not that heavy. Neither mm -hmm. is a can of gas. So you're not experiencing a lot of CNS fatigue. Mm -hmm. Truthfully, if you're working a job, a manual labor job like that. I think I'm of the opinion. Uh, a change in the time of day you work out could be beneficial, number one. Mm -hmm. And then two, I think any fatigue you're feeling from uh, the actual manual labor portion of your job can be addressed with food and sleep. I would say the only <clears throat> thing about that is working outside in like the heat is definitely <clears throat> a lot more stressful. Yeah, you're going to have to adjust the water. That's part of your diet, too. Yeah. Uh, electrolytes are going to have to be up. Water's going to have to be up. But assuming that you have, uh, you are responsible enough or your coach is responsible enough to address. Hydration, I think all your needs can be addressed with rest and diet, right? which includes hydration, in my yeah. opinion. If you are somebody that are, if you're a brick mason, I don't know, mm -hmm. 
um, if you are somebody that maybe does non-conveyable objects at a plant like Walmart or Target. Yeah. Um, if you're doing heavy lifting every day, that is real CNS fatigue. And then maybe we need to start looking at the aforementioned things like addressing hydration, mm -hmm. diet, sleep, but also addressing a reduction in volume first mm -hmm. before we move back intensity. And then if that doesn't work, a slight dial back in intensity. Yeah. But that's the order in which I would do things. Um, thinking about other things, construction is going to depend very, very heavily on what type of construction you're doing that mm -hmm. day. I mean, uh, if you're a general contractor, you might be doing anything from, you know, mason work like brick mason, or you might be hanging sheetrock. You might be laying carpet. You might be doing, uh, you might be framing a wall, any number of things, depending on what the job calls mm -hmm. for that day. Um, I would say the biggest thing that you can do is, again, address diet and sleep first. And then can you work out before your job starts? And mm -hmm. that's what I would start with. Yeah. But I, I, I doubt very seriously that you're going to be in a situation where intensity and volume actually needs to be dialed back um, before those three things are addressed. I think yeah. those are the absolute hydration, sleep and diet absolutely has to be addressed first before you start just half-assing it in the gym because you feel tired. Yeah. I would, I would also say um, this is just something, and, and I do want your opinion on this too. My thought process for the manual labor jobs, I probably wouldn't even touch their, you know, obviously, let's say they've got their food, their sleep, their hydration, everything's great. I wouldn't even touch their programming until, like, if they told me, well, I'm tired and stuff, I'd be like, well, give it a week. See if you adapt. Yeah, absolutely. You got to have to give yourself a time to adapt to diet water and and, yeah. uh, and sleep before and then you know maybe another week goes well i'm still feeling pretty tired okay well probably I'd, taking it volume volume from accessory work before i do yeah for the record yeah take take a little take a little away from the from the accessory work see what happens they feel good run with it if they don't then you kind of start looking at other things right yeah so you start looking at well if reducing their total volume specifically from accessory work just isn't working let's scale back you know, I, I would say probably one set on the total MRV, one to two sets on the total MRV from their from their uh, competition list or whatever variation they have at the yeah. time, and just kind of see how that, just kind of feel it out. If that doesn't work, if they're on a percentage base, I would just put them back on the same volume and put them on RPE of something because that way they can kind of feel it out and be like, well, I'm I'm really tired today because. I hung sheetrock today, so bench press is going to fucking suck. My shoulders are worn. Yeah, yeah you know, whatever. Yeah. And then, but, you know, or and maybe if they're if they're intuitive enough, maybe they're like, well, <clears throat> my upper body's shot for whatever reason. Let's just swap. Let's just do, let's just do legs today. You yeah. know, let's do our squat day today instead of our bench press. Yeah. Like just things like that you, you that have you to, can adjust. You know, as a coach, and I think Joe would tell you mm -hmm. this, and you've worked with enough people, maybe you know this, but um, it's hard to trust a beginner to intermediate or even an advanced intermediate with RPE, any type of auto regulation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really, really hard to trust them with that. So I would, I would go back and I would double down on what I said. I would address those things, the, the diet, hydration and sleep first and, mm -hmm. and the time of the day and the working out and see if we can't get it right with that before we made any adjustments, just simply because um, the likelihood of you getting most clients are going to be beginner to intermediate. Yeah. Truthfully. Um, the likelihood of you getting an honest answer about RPE or any type of auto-regulated system, probably slim to none. That's fair. With most people, yeah. to be honest with you.
Yeah, if you're, um, if you're looking at it from a standpoint of... And, and that, you've, done, you've done enough RPE training to know this, too. Like, when I was Ron, I did this. I'm really bad about judging my own RPE. Uh, I can feel like feel, feel like something feels like a fucking 11 mm -hmm. and go back and watch it on ca camera, and it was a 7. Yeah. Like, I know RPEs feel base, but when Coach sees that, he's going to say, that was a 7, you should have tried harder. Yeah. Like, very rarely is rate of perceived exertion actually what you perceive it to be most of the time it's a little bit better yeah you're performing a little bit better than you think you are that's fair i will <clears> say <throat> this though and unless this you're is... maybe somebody like joe you're pro and you're really dialed into that yeah, yeah. one thing <clears throat> about rpe that that is interesting for me is that you know i can go and i experienced this today as a matter of fact which is probably why it's fresh on my mind now i'm doing machine press right so it's low cns fatigue it's mostly just pushing the the weight, right? Yeah. Focusing on the push. That's what yeah. Joe said. Focus on the push. So, first set of 12, I think, super easy, right? Nothing. Second set of 12, super easy. I'm like, well, two sets in a row, super easy. I'm going to throw 20 more pounds on there. Immediately just fucking stall. And it's just like, okay, well, I went from an RP6 to an RP6 to an RP9. Like and I'm like, because I put 20 pounds on there? No, because I'm fatigued. Because yeah. I'm, I'm worn out. So I took the 10s off there. And another RP, like 10. I like barely <laughs> pushed the last rep. Maybe a 9. I'm yeah. probably being a little too... Uh, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But like probably, probably like an RP 9. Because it was extremely tough sure. to get the last rep. So <clears throat> it changes from set to set, too. For sure. So that's... That's just another thing to keep in mind when you're when you're doing RP. You can't decide. expect you the can't same expect... weight to be RP nine every for four sets. Yeah. I guess probably gonna you're probably gonna have to take weight off the bar. Especially right? especially if you're working with a high RP rating like an RP nine, which I was work. I, I think I was supposed probably, to probably legitimately probably anything seven and a half or higher is probably mm -hmm. gonna be pretty unreliable by the time you get to your third and yeah. fourth set. Yeah, exactly. So you can either do that scale that by going heavy and then reducing weight as you go, or you can you know, start at a lower weight because you know you're gonna end at yeah. an RPE nine. Now, most of my so. RPE training in my experience has been, my top set was an RPE nine, eight and a half to a 10, depending on where in prep I was. Right. And then drop sets were at like a six or a seven. Yeah. And I might even get more reps, so it's even less load, right. you know what I mean? So, you know, it takes even more weight off the bar, but, uh, you know, I know a lot for, for like me and Ron, a lot of times I would have like my top set would be a set of one to five and my drop sets would be five to 10 reps. Yeah. So not only is an RP seven now, but it's also, I also have to accommodate the fact that I have to do 10 reps with it. Mm -hmm. So I'm taking, instead of taking 20 pounds off the bar, I'm taking a plate off the bar. Right. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. what I mean? So maybe it's more a, depending yeah, on yeah, where maybe you're depending at. on where I'm at. You know, I'm really bad at volume on squats and deadlifts. So. You know, if we're talking about that big of a, you know, we talk about a hundred pound difference in my lift probably, mm -hmm. you know, between my top set and my drop sets yeah. uh, legitimately. So, you know, that depends on your program a little bit too. Um, I, I am of the belief that most people, I don't even trust myself with auto-regulation enough. I'm of the opinion that most people aren't going to actually be able to auto-regulate it to the degree you want them to. Yeah. I think... <clears throat> You know, if they're on a volume block, if they're on off season, I'm more likely to use reps and reserve. And I know people are going to roll their eyes and say this is basically the same thing, mm -hmm. but I'm more likely to use reps and reserve for auto regulation purposes because I feel like people are a little bit more in tuned or a little bit more better able to say, I'm almost at my limit. Let's stop. Mm -hmm. 
they're a little bit more honest about it than I'm afraid if I give somebody an RPE of nine, they're going to grind out a fucking 10 and a half somehow and be like, right. oh, this is a nine. Or they're going to give me a six and be like, right, this was a nine. But if, if you actually have to go within one or two reps of failure, I feel like they're a little bit more, a little more honest, that a little way. bit more honest that That's way. That's fair. And I still would be pretty fucking sketched out by giving it, uh, giving them an RIR on their, on their barbell stuff. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, that's uh, fair. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's very common anymore um, for barbell stuff. I think that's mostly accessories. Uh, I'll be honest too. Um, barbell stuff. I don't know how other coaches do it, but personally I use, there's your one rep max that you hit when the stars aligned and you had a really good day on the platform. And then there's your gym one rep max. I'm more likely to use a gym one rep max. And when I say gym one rep max, I'm not talking about the best you've ever done in the gym. I'm talking about something that you can go in and hit. It's probably more like a two or three rep max on a good day. Right. You know what I mean? I'm talking about something you can go in and probably hit with the flu. Yeah. I'm more likely to program off of a one rep max. So my linear, if I'm doing percentage-based stuff and I have some type of linear progression, uh, is much more likely to be, your 85% is probably much more likely to be a 77.5 to 80% mm. lift than it is actual 85. Right. So I'm already... I, you don't know it, but I'm already auto-regulating you. Right. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and you know, better athletes, I've seen better athletes get a little pissed off at me for that, but then it pay off when they say, you know what, I had a long day at work, so I'm, I sure am glad we used a training one rep max instead of a platform one rep right. max. So, I mean, it generally shakes out in the end, to be yeah. honest with you. I mean, I, I do like, I don't use Shaco, like Russian-style programming anymore, but I do like something that Boris Shaco said is that your one rep max improves and your technique improves with accumulated reps over 80%. Yeah. Uh, even if they're singles, like the higher quality of the rep is over 80%, the better you're at. So if, if we're basically just saying anything 80, he's basically saying anything 80% or heavier is enough CNS, um, is enough change on your CNS, is enough uh, stimulus, I should say, on mm-hmm. your CNS to get you to grow your one rep max that I'm not particularly worried about using a training max versus a... Yeah. Uh, I'm not. And I'll be honest with you, with men, it's a lot different. And I think you've probably experienced this on deadlift and bench because those are your stronger <laughs> ones. I've certainly experienced this on deadlift, especially. There are some days I can go in the gym and can't hit 90% of my deadlift. Mm-hmm. Like, it's an absolute, just mind-numbing amount of weight. Um, there are days I can come in and, and not hit 90% of my bench. Yeah. Women are a little bit more adapted. They probably can, you know, on a bad day, they can come in and hit probably 95. But, like, when you start getting strong as a man, it's hard to consistently hit 90% yeah. of your one rep max. Yeah. That shit sucks. I mean, that's, you know, that's what, a prob- that's a probably a 380, 390-pound press for you right now, mm-hmm. which I know on paper is an easy press. But, like, if you're not peaked, not prepared for it, you had a bad day at work, that can be a shitty fucking press. I know you've yeah. had training days that way. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, where this is theoretically easy Super on paper. Easy, yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, this sucks. So, that's the reason I'm I'm okay with using a training one right. max. Yeah, specifically <clears throat> talking about that, there was, uh, when I came back from the beach, um, I was supposed to hit 565 for eight. And I got it for one, and it was rough. It hurt. Like it was extremely challenging, and I said. But everything about your program said you should have been able to pull five sixty five. Yeah, absolutely, should have been yeah. super easy. Should have been well, not super easy. Should have been like an RP nine, maybe nine and a half, like at worst case scenario. That wasn't the case. I didn't have it that day. 
was like you know, an RP negative nine. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was beyond the scale of RPE at that point. It was uh, your fatigue and your diet has been so bad. Like maybe you slept a lot, sure, because you were on vacation. You didn't have to wake up. But your diet but, was fried food and alcohol. I know because I had the yeah, same diet. Yeah. I was. <laughs> so, so my diet, when I came in, it was, it was garbage. And like I would just... Had missed a bunch of days. I only went to the gym like one day out of that week or something. I don't remember. I know I did my bench at the beach and that went well somehow. I was alcohol fueled. And yeah. I still managed to to bang out 365 or eight. But when I went to deadlift when I got home, it wasn't there. It no. just was not. The squat wasn't. I think I did the squats too. And the squat I got like for five and I was like shot. And right. then the, the, the deadlift for one and I was like. Just not there, man. I mean, it just goes to show you. I mean, you're just gonna have bad, getting bad training days. Mm. And I wonder too, talking about this topic in particular, how many of these people just don't expect a bad training day? You're not gonna hit every training day of your block. Mm-hmm. You're not. If you hit every training day of your block, it's you're either doing something stupid or it's not tough enough. Yeah. And there's plenty of times in this prep with Ron the strongest I've ever been that I didn't even break my deadlift I was given that day. Mm-hmm. Ended up being the best deadlifter I've ever been. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. get to show it because I got hurt, but still, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's like, I had whole days where I couldn't even break the floor, uh, break, you know, break the weight I was supposed to lift off the floor. So, I mean, <clears throat> I wouldn't say I had a lot of them, but there was probably three to six mm-hmm. days where it was just like, can't fucking do this. Your, your fatigue was <laughs> yeah, too absolutely. high, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but, I don't know. So, I mean, I don't know that certainly my diet can always be better. I can definitely say that about myself. But I think if you're if you're unwilling to d- address those three major components first or four, hydration, your diet, um, the time of the day you're lifting, and your sleep, mm-hmm. then don't come to me complaining about the program. Mm-hmm. If all four of those things are addressed and you can confidently tell me that you're sleeping, you know, Six is a lot of hour, hours of sleep for some people. I know it's not ideal, but if you're sleeping six to eight hours, if you're hitting your macros uh, and your calorie count at a very minimum, your calories, um, you're drinking your gallon of water every day, and you've been willing to adjust your schedule, um, then we can talk about a reduction in volume mm-hmm. and uh, and intensity. But until then, like I don't want to hear it. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I think <laughs> that makes sense though, right? Because you you need that you need your athlete to do everything right before you can say the program's wrong. Because if the athlete well, yeah, isn't I mean, doing everything right, obviously there's room for improvement there. I don't want to say the program don't mean shit because there's good and bad programs out there. Mm-hmm. But we've discussed before on this podcast the best program is the one that you can stick to. Yeah, like so. <laughs> We know that to be true. Like, if you, the consistency is the most important mm. part, right? Like, so if you're not willing to address everything surrounding training, then don't blame the fucking training. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. Yeah. I know I'm a shitty power lifter because I eat fucking McDonald's every week and uh, a borderline alcoholic, and, you know, I don't always sleep well. Like, you don't have to tell me that. I know that as a coach that these are my issues. Like, if I had a coach right now, and I'm sure that when I, in the future, when I go back to Ron, he'll address those things with me. If I'm not actively addressing those things, he's not going to want to hear me bitch about his program. Mm-hmm. It's not his program. It's me. It mm-hmm. is you long before it's the program. Yeah. If you haven't gone down that list, you can't blame what the coach is writing for. 
Yeah. Period. Because their coach has only written it off of information that you have given him. Right. You've done this in the gym, this in the gym, just this in the gym. You've done these three things on the platform. He's basing it off of somewhere in between those two components, your platform things and your gym things. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then whatever you've told him your lifestyle is like, if you've been dishonest about that, that's your fault. If you haven't lived up to the expectations that you set to your, set yourself and um, told your coach that you lived up to, if you haven't lived up to those things, it's your fault. It's not mm-hmm. your coach's fault. It's not your program's fault. There's no parameter and juggernaut that you can change and say, hey, I went on a three-day bender and have been... You know, I have a six-day hangover <laughs> from my three-day bender. There's no parameter in that that is going to adjust it out. I mean, yeah. there's not. Like, it's you. Hmm. Fix you. Period. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't bitch at me until you've done those four things. Yeah. And that's not to say that I won't help you do those things. Of course I'll help you do those things. But, like, if you're unwilling to address those things, then adjustment or program is just not going to fucking help. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess the the end result of that, right, is – if you if it's a if you're unwilling to adjust the things around the program and you just want to change the program you're you're just not you're not willing to do what it takes to get where you want to get right? or or you're just fucking bored and you're being a fucking punk about it i guess i've I been guess, there yeah, it's fine yeah. you know what i mean like I, I can get bored of the program faster than anybody Okay, this I guess sucks. I guess my mindset is much different in the fact that I can be extremely monotonous to the same thing all the time, and it just. I wish I could do that me. with food. My problem is food. With that I don't. I don't want to eat the same fucking thing every day. Just, it's, it's a hard thing for me. It is. It's just hard. I mean, I'll be honest. Um, but programming, like, if I'm doing my own programming, yeah, I get bored of it and I overanalyze and I want to change mm-hmm. it and shit like that. But like, that's the reason why I have. Uh, I don't currently have a coach. That's the reason I'm using RP. RP tells me what to do. I just go and execute mm-hmm. it. Um, if it's boring, it's boring. I get to change it next block. No big deal. Yeah. Um, with Ron, I feel dedicated when, when I'm with a coach, especially with Ron, something about Ron just, dro- he brings a lot of good <laughs> yeah. things out in me. He really yeah. does. He does bring, the, he's really talented at bringing the best out of and people. Ron's just somebody, if you, if you know him, he's a very kind person. He has a kind face. He's just somebody, it's like letting your mom down. Like <laughs> he's just somebody you just don't want to let down. Right. You, know, you know what I mean? Like. So it's easy to make. I'm not going to bitch about my program Ron, Ron gives me because, first of all, I paid the man. I trust him. And second mm-hmm. of all, like, who wants to let a motherfucker like that down? Yeah. Like, it's, it's simple, right? But, like, I mean, whatever mindset gets you there, gets you there. But you got to address a lot of things before you can address the program. Yeah. yeah, just going back on that a little bit, just thinking about, like, my first week with Joe, there was, like, so many days where I was like, fuck, I can't, like, be a pussy in front of Joe Sullivan. Like, <laughs> this, is, this may be the single greatest powerlifter on the planet today. I cannot fucking. Be. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't just like. If he's uh, not the best powerlifter, he probably is the best coach. You cannot be a bitch in front of this man. Yeah, I was, just like, <laughs> I was looking at the program. I was like, "Fuck, that's a lot of stuff." And I'd like message him. I'd be like, "Yeah," and I, I'd just because of work, you know, I'd be like, "I got to go before work," and I'd be like, "I stretched time as much as I could. I got everything I could done. I couldn't get all of it done." And every single time I do that, I'm like. Just letting this guy down, like not being able to do all this shit in the in a timely manner, not being able to get up a little bit earlier to be able to go and get all this stuff done. It is like different when you have a coach because it's like I don't want to let this dude down that like trust me to do this work and I'm trusting him to make me better. Yeah, like there's there's a mutual like exchange there, and you don't want to let 
you you feel like either way, like somebody is let down and it sucks. You damn right it does. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I know you're you're kind of on a a national based team, right? Because Joe has, you know, clients all over the place. Mm-hmm. But Ron's a local guy, or he, he's as local as you're going to get in Alabama. Yeah. Right? Like, so I have this feeling of not only am I going to let Ron down, but I'm going to, I have teammates I'm going to let down. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I don't, I'm not going to live up to, uh, to Ron's standards, then I'm not living up to, you know, 20 other people's standards. Mm-hmm. Too. That fucking sucks because they're going to do it. They're going to yeah. live up to the standard. And that's part of the reason why I went and finished a meet on, on a fucking bum leg. Mm-hmm. Like, well, fuck these other people. He's got six other lifters here. Like, they're all gonna finish. Mm-hmm. Like, they probably didn't even have as good of a prep as I had. I don't know what their prep looked like. Right. They may be stronger. They may be weaker. I don't. Know, I really don't know those people, honestly. But I know at that point in time, we've made the made the same commitment to the same man, and we're all in it together. And we're I'm a team, whether you know I like it or not, and I do like it. Um, I don't want to let these people down either. I sure as shit ain't gonna fucking now. Not only am I not gonna bitch out in front of Ron. And my peers, now I have all this brand new set of peers and these new teammates mm. of mine that I don't want to fucking let down either. Yeah. Like, I guess, you know, the mindset that I need to change personally is that if I'm not doing the hydration, the sleep, the diet, and the change in schedule before I go in, that's in a way you're letting your coach and, and your peers down, your teammates down too. Yeah. Like, even if you're not showing up, you know, mine was, my example was specifically on meet day, but maybe I really let those people down months before then. Mm-hmm. when I didn't want to follow a diet and didn't want to eat right and didn't want to do things as good as I could have. Right. So, you know, that's a perspective too. Like, <clears throat> I think everybody has this like shallow, uh, kind of a shallow view of powerlifting that it is a, uh, that it is an individual sport because you do compete in as an individual, but it, it very rarely is that actually the case. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, I know I don't coach you anymore. Joe coaches you, but in a way, when you go into in November and compete, you're still representing me and Austin and Sandy and mm-hmm. Elizabeth and all the other people that are in your corner all the time. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> like, and going, going there, you know, I have these goals, you know, I, I want to set every single state record, clean sweep, everything that meet, um, which I, I, unless something goes horribly wrong in prep or at on meet day, I feel like two of those three are maybe even three of those three are guaranteed. It's really just a squat that's up in the air at this point. But, you know, if, if let's say, I don't know, some, something does go wrong and I, and I compete and I just somehow just don't do what I've set out to do. I know that not only am I be disappointed in myself, and I know nobody's going to say they're disappointed in me and they're not going to be disappointed in me, but I'm going to be disappointed in myself more because I let everyone down because I have these goals. And because I've told it is everybody, actually a team sport too. Yeah, I've it? told everybody yeah. these goals and everybody is supporting me in getting there. You know, it's, it's, you know, I have to say this specifically, Desi is supporting me more than probably anyone else, you know, because we're going to have a baby soon. You know, it could be any it's day now. It's not slowed you down at all. She's just like, just go do it. You know, she's always telling me positive things. She's never doubting me. She's like, really just like there for me every, every step of the way. So, and she's going to take, we're going to have the baby up there. It's going to be like a really special thing. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't go down there and just like screw up and like, 
in front of my my child. Right. Like this well, is gonna be her first thing with powerlifting. Is is it gonna be me going out there and just being like, uh, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, baby, I couldn't do it. I, yeah, I'm yeah. just a bitch. Like no. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I do think, you know, that's an interesting uh, interesting part of this too, right? Because both of us are about to be dads. You're a little bit sooner than me, but, you know, I, I want my kid to know that she can do anything she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want her to know how incredibly difficult it is to actually achieve and actually being able to do whatever it is yeah. that she want to do. Um, I want to see her. I want to see the work. I, want her, I don't want her dad to be somebody that... Um, half asses things and doesn't mm-hmm. halfway. And that's something I'm really trying to change in myself before she gets here is mm-hmm. I'm, I'm bad about doing things halfway. Yeah. Um, a lot of things in my life I've done halfway music. I did halfway cause I have this weird starving artist mentality that like, I don't really want to play in a cover band. I could pay my bills doing that. Probably make a much better living playing music than, than I do as a powerlifting coach. Uh, but I don't want to do it because it bores me to, mm-hmm. It bores me to do that. Well, that's a fucking kind of a selfish fucking attitude. I could be playing for a living right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Very easily could be playing for right. a living right now. I'm like, that kind of sucks, right? Well, dad's a powerlifting coach, but he's a mediocre powerlifter because he's only half in on everything he does. I don't want my kid to go back and think of me like that. Right. You know what I mean? It's bad enough that, you know, I know that, uh, I know that y'all probably appreciate that I'm very aware of my problems and stuff like that, but it's bad enough that I don't live up to the expectations I expect out of you guys. Um, <laughs> In fact, I'm far beyond. I would. I am my own worst client. I am the worst client that I have. Um, but I sure as shit don't want to do that to my kid. So, yeah. like, you know, there is an aspect. You know, if you're a family person, if your family is not helping you level up, just the fact that they're there and going to be involved in things and going to see you do it should be enough to level you up. Mm-hmm. If it's not, um, you're fucking doing. You're doing something wrong too. Yeah. I definitely want my kid to know that she can do anything that she sets out to do. Yeah. Uh, as long as she does the work that's required. Right now, dad isn't doing the work that's required. Right. And uh, I don't want to be that example. Right. I don't want to be a bad example of my kid. So, you know, that's uh, that's another thing, too. I mean, I think as a personal trainer first and a powerlifting coach second, kids are using the excuse to not be in the gym a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when you think about the legacy that you're leaving behind for your kid, the importance of physical fitness taking care of yourself, eating correctly, uh, and also the unbelievably large value you get from being a goal setter and being disciplined and working toward a goal are incredible gifts to anybody that witnesses you, but especially your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to use them as an excuse to not do it anyway. It's a really piss poor excuse. Yeah. I, can agree I think I, I'm doubling down on that now more now than I know that I'm going to be a dad. Yeah. Like I, I, I want to achieve these things more than ever because of her. I don't mm-hmm. want to stop pursuing them because she's coming. Right. I want to dig in and be even better because she's coming. You right. know what I mean? So yeah, I do think that's a weak excuse too. So it goes back to our original conversation. If you're not a willing, if you're not willing to adjust your time, your schedule for the goals that you are, that you want, but your children are going to see, see you either achieve or not achieve. That's a you problem, man. Mm-hmm. Not your program. Yeah. Can't really add anything to that. I kind of That's pretty much pretty much encapsulates it, man, the yeah. whole thing. I mean, I don't I don't want to be a bitch in front of my kid either. Yeah. We're girl dads too, so it's real important we don't be a bitch in front of our kid. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean Yeah, we're gonna be the you know, we are you know, somebody, you know, I think Elizabeth told me, you know, that we're setting the standard 
And uh, this, we are her first example of what a man should be, and mm-hmm. we have to set a high, 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 high standard for yeah. that because one day we're going to have a son-in-law that's either going to be a really good man or he's going to be a shithead. Mm-hmm. And regardless of what he is, it'll be our fault. Yeah. That makes sense, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. In some way, not completely, but in right. some way, it'll be our fault if that person's not a good man. Yeah. So that's pretty fucking intimidating. Yeah. I, you know, I, you know, honestly, we have to set the standard real fucking high for that reason. You know what I mean? Because it, my daughter's going to look at me and say, this is exactly what a man should look like and mm-hmm. how, you know, I should be treated because he treats my mom well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he achieves the things he wants to achieve. He achieves for me. He achieves, you know, in every, you know, he just pisses fucking excellence mm-hmm. everywhere he goes. And it doesn't have to be true, but that needs to be her view of me. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what I want. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So no, yeah, that is I, what it is. I can agree with that. There's there's something about, you know, set it, setting a certain standard, you know? Because, yeah. like, you think about all the people with, you know, it, all, it's the memes, but right? But, like, daddy issues, right? Like, yeah. dad wasn't there, so they don't know what a man's supposed to be like. Or dad was abusive. They don't know anything different you know it's like that's just how things are yeah right so it it is interesting to think about it that way just like you you are the standard bearer you are the bar right yeah absolutely you have to show what it means to to be a man yeah i mean you're going to be the first the first and last example of to that person of what a real man is so you you gotta you gotta live up to that you know, not, you know, not saying if you if you're having a boy, if anybody's listening to have a boy, it's, it's the same standard. It really right. is, because you're in your living, you're then you're setting the standard of what they should live up to be and mm-hmm. how they should treat women and how they yeah. should treat their own lives and stuff like that. But sure as shit, as a girl dad, man, it's a mm-hmm. fucking rough world. <laughs> and uh, I want to be able to, I want my little girl to be able to spot a shithead a mile away. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Be like avoid, <laughs> block. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't like want it not, to be a fucking issue. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, wave. Uh, definitely the mindset is I, well, I know you've played through this too before you found out you were having a girl, but like the mindset of having, being a girl dad, I know for a fact, just from the thought process that I've had from point A to where I'm at now and Sandy's pregnancy is dramatically different from boy to girl. Yeah. Yeah. When, cause I was, <laughs> when I was thinking, you know, boy dad, you know, cause I was, and, and, I probably shouldn't say this in case it ever pops up, but I did want a boy, you know, but I wanted a boy because I was like sports, you know, training, like getting that father son bond. There's some special about yeah, that. Little girl gets to do all that shit too, though. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But it's, it's also like more of a worry. It's just like, <laughs> I'm going to be stressed out all the time when I don't know where she's at, because it's like, where, who is she? Where is she? Who is she with? What's she doing? Right. You know, I, I and I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to not freak out all the time. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, I think our little girls are gonna be perfectly capable of handling themselves. To be honest with that's, you, that's that's not the that they'll ever have yeah. to probably. But uh, well, but, I, uh, I know my girl is gonna be intimidating. She, God she, damn, she's gonna be huge. Yeah, and uh, you know, Desi's pretty intimidating. I've already always made jokes about. <laughs> Desi, prison shank yeah Desi plotting my demise. Yeah, she's probably in there plotting it right now. <laughs> that's what um, she's doing. She's like. 
washing dishes, but she's really thinking about stabbing people. Every now and then, she just takes that prison shake and just like hits <laughs> the wet stone with bit. it and makes sure it's sharp. Touches <laughs> the end of it, puts it back, washes the dish. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just getting ready. <laughs> just getting ready for me to walk out of the room <laughs> so she can disembowel me. <laughs> At this point, probably not, but maybe, maybe yeah, early on. If she hadn't killed me yet, she probably ain't going. Yeah, to early on, maybe, but that's that's the way I feel about it too. But if I fuck up. I was say you you got a lot you got a lot more to live up to than I do, buddy. Yeah. You have to live with her. You'll just yeah. get fucking smothered in your sleep. I don't think I'd get that lucky. I don't think I'd get that lucky. It'd make you suffer. <laughs> <laughs> She'd bring home some shit from work and be like, "Here you go. You get this now. You get enjoy it. this little fucking cocktail. <laughs> Whatever. Sixteen hours of pain. <laughs> yeah. It'd be something horrible. Some sort of poison that slowly kills me." Well, it is what it is. We love you, Desi. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't lip. Unless she doesn't she's listen. listening out there. But maybe she won't kill us. That's the hope. That's the hope. If she doesn't know about the life insurance policy. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably void if she murders you. <laughs> it might be void. I don't know. My parents might still get it. I don't know how that works. It doesn't benefit Desi if they get it. <laughs> no, it does. She has unless, to make it look like an accident. <laughs> unless she works with them like, hey, I'm... <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna take him out. You're gonna get some money. Give it to me. That might be the case. Who knows, Who knows? man? Who knows? You never know what they have worked Cons- out. Conspiracies. <sighs> Shit. Well, I think we covered pretty much everything. We did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if we, if we did, quarters of a bottle of whiskey. We doing dad jokes? It was about half. It was pretty close to half. Yeah, we're doing dad jokes. We always do. You know, I saved some, and I don't know you if I'm saved some dad I jokes. S- I saved some, and I'm gonna see if I can find them. But I don't know if I can. Uh, maybe I didn't save them. I know I saw some good ones, and I was like, man, I just got to share this. And I probably shared it on Instagram and my story, and I will never find it. But we're going to go to Dad Says Jokes. That's my favorite. Oh, this is this was a good one. I, I saw this earlier today. So I have a fear of overly intricate buildings. Okay. It's a complex, complex, complex. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, I, I probably shouldn't say this one, but I'm going to say it anyway. Go ahead. I invited my girlfriend to go to the gym with me, and then I didn't show up. I hope she realized we're not working out. <laughs> good one uh, tomorrow my son and I are going to get new glasses uh, after that we'll see <laughs> awful awful mm. my, this is actually could be me to some extent one day because I'm this <laughs> big of a football fan uh, my, my wife just let, left me uh, she says my life revolves around football and she's sick of it I'm pretty upset we were together for seven seasons <laughs> <laughs> uh, I looked out the window and my dad was slumped over the lawnmower crying his eyes out and I asked mom what's up with him and he said well he's just going through a rough patch <laughs> <laughs> I feel that push mowing is the worst god hate it man 
Somebody said, told me that my dad was gay. Now I'm trying to figure out which one it is. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom died when we couldn't remember her blood type. Uh, as she died, she kept, kept telling us, be positive, but it's really hard without her. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's all I'm going to. Uh, justice is a, is a dish best served cold if it were warm. It would just be water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Time to go. Uh, rate us five stars on Spotify. Make uh, the cocktail. I posted the recipe on our Instagram. Did you post the story? I did. I posted the story. Okay. So you have 24 hours to make the cocktail. Until we do something, whether we like compile a PDF or a... Full episode of cocktails. I Maybe think we should do a PDF and sell these bitches. We're just gonna get real bored when when ninety percent of them is some type of old fashioned <laughs> sip it and rip it uh, cocktail book menu. <laughs> old fashioned, old fashioned, old fashioned rum, old fashioned peach, old fashioned uh, coffee rum, old fashioned uh, old fashioned. It's our big grandiose PDF of old fashions. <laughs> Maybe we should just title it uh, Sip It and Rip It Old Fashioned Book. <laughs> just like right on the, like, it's literally just old fashioned. We could, uh, yeah. we could you know, print a hard copy that would be really an old fashioned book. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. It would be. That would, that, would, uh, that would be the dad joke of the, of the podcast, wouldn't it? It would be. Maybe if there were more than 20 of you, we would attempt to sell it, but I don't guess there's any reason to sell it. Probably not. No. Not yet. Maybe one day. Free 99 front now. Free 99. We'll just, I'm thinking like maybe every year, like I'll put out like a comp, like a compilation of all of the drink recipes. That'd be wise. That'd be, that'd be something. That'd be a free episode. Be our Christmas gift to you guys. That would we could do it on Christmas. <laughs> Every Christmas we'll post an episode that is just drink recipes. Also, uh, since we're we're back filming all these, uh, maybe we need themes. Themes? Yeah, maybe we need themes. We should dress up for these every time. We did the dinosaur and the cow costume. Oh, uh, that would cost so much money. If you guys want to donate <laughs> some money, we have a PayPal. So I have a lot of donate. good flannels. We could do like, uh, you remember when Daniel Tosh did the, the Prince Charming season? Mm -mm. It's P-R-I-N-T-S. And it was like all like dress shirts with certain prints on them. No. <laughs> we could do something like that. No. I have a lot of shit like that, though. I have all kind of printed dress shirts. I don't. You don't ever wear a dress shirt. I wore a dress shirt for maternity pictures. You sure did. That was once. <laughs> that was once. That was one I time. Have, I have worn them before. I have some in my closet of the colors of black, white, and red. I don't know if you all, if you want us to dress as multiply lifters or something. <laughs> and have us try to sit down. <laughs> have us try to pull our arms back. <laughs> That's the most challenging part, right? Grabbing our drink and throwing it to us. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we could stretch like this at that point. Maybe we should just do, maybe we should limit that to holidays. Like when do like prior to a, ho to a holiday, like we missed yeah. out on 4th of July. Well, next week we could do a 4th of July episode. Yeah. Be America themed. I could dress like a turkey for Thanksgiving. Man. 
You're talking a lot of stuff that I don't know if I agree with. <laughs> That's fair. I'm just like, so there's, this is random, but just because he said 4th of July, there's like a a flag onesie in there that we have for 4th of July. There like, you go. I mean, uh, I would do it in a heartbeat. Even if it's just me. God <laughs> can put me up to something. Don't hey, look. listen, I'm never going to tell you that there is a dress code. Just that you have to be dressed. Well, one of our listeners would be like, Zach needs to show up in the Borat singlet. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, you know, from the here. Is it Bruno? Bruno? It was Bruno. It was Bruno, yeah. yeah. But, you know, table blocks out, you know, the lower half, so. It wouldn't matter anyway. My shit's only the size of my thumb, so it wouldn't matter. <laughs> And get everything neatly into the perfectly into that, into that roll, pen, roll of pennies. Oh, like half a roll of pennies. Half a roll of pennies. <laughs> Just a whole dime. <laughs> Just one whole dime. <laughs> one dime. Yep. <laughs> I feel that. It is what it is. My track record, by the way, me and Sandy just celebrated 16 years together. So Damn. let me just say the track record says once you go, Zach, you never go back. Hey. <laughs> Facts. 16 years. It's a long, long time. time. It's a long time. Hopefully I don't get traded in next week. Make me eat those words. <laughs> like, you know, I was listening to the podcast the other day and it I really decided. Got me thinking. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe there's something else out there. <laughs> that would be the worst conversation to have. That would be a bad day. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a bad day. I have to rethink my vision board. <laughs> Just kind of like, oh, I didn't think that one through. <laughs> Uh, All right. If you know my luck. Well, rate us five stars on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram at Sip and Rip It. And if Make the cocktail. Make the cocktail. Um, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's Bye. it. That's it. Bye.